Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more, sir. Robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Ten oh four on the fan, and guess what? There is an all black uh, punk band, and it's called uh, Bad Brains. So thank you to the Tex Police for making sure that I kind of knew. I don't know. I'd like to find out where they find. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and, and Google them. I'm gonna see what they sound like, and I'm sure I know already. You know, if it's grunge kind of metal, I'm, white grunge bands always gotta have the like crazy. What's this name again? Uh, Bad Brains. You know, it's like. Names like yeah. dead frogs with left feet. They got That's know. a great name though. That's because hey, they always gotta have those kind of names. Because at the end of the day, you know, you want to remember it. Like those, <laughs> you know, rock and roll is one of those things. Like there's some badass names, right. you know, when it comes to rock and roll. ACDC, Metallica, you know, Led Zeppelin. Like these are awesome names. Even a name like Queen is hey. like an awesome like uh, uh, rock and roll name. Man, Bad Brains is a cool name. Straight up, I had a buddy of mine. I grew up in South Central Inglewood to be exact. And there was a brother on my street who turned me on, same age, we was like eight years old, turned me on to Kiss. Again, As a great kid, I'm name, like, right? I'm like, how in the world did you get hip to Kiss? You from South Central, right? Like, that's but he a, was into it. He's that's awesome. Yeah, my, you know, my favorite yeah. my favorite band of all time, or one of my two favorite bands are uh, Sublime, awesome name, and uh, and Queen, those are my I two. Those are my two favorite bands. And as a black dude, Police. You know, what about oh, I love the, uh, I love the Police, man. On, Absolutely, <laughs> man. So, but as as a kid, as a black dude, you know, especially coming from yeah. uh, you know North Portland and stuff like that, like you know, get a lot of people that listen to a lot of classic rock and stuff like that. So when you, you do it, you kind of get a few. Eddie Weird Murphy, Roxanne, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, uh, one of the <laughs> one of the most underrated voices yeah. uh, in all of music. If you don't believe me, Google, put your mouth on me. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the NFL season has just wrapped up last week uh, with a, a great Super Bowl game played by the San Francisco 49ers and the now Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. The game was uh, slow at points, you know, but then all of a sudden they they were able to figure it out and come through at the end. And Patrick Mahomes kind of cemented himself as um, the guy right now. Like, I mean, I think we all know Brady is the GOAT, but Mahomes is the guy. And I think he just went ahead and and stuck his 
uh, his flag into the into the NFL ground and let everybody know that this is now his his yard. Um, but Super Bowl aside, this season was was super cool to me um, for a few different reasons. One, uh, you start seeing the changing of the guard as far as some of the older heads that are getting ready to to go the other way, and then some of the newer guys that start emerging as as the best. You, uh, we obviously saw Patrick Mahomes last year win the MVP in his second year, but another second year guy came in and took the world by storm. And I'll be honest, man, this is just an, as a as a as a black man, man, it was awesome to see what Lamar Jackson was able to do in the midst of everything that he was told that he couldn't be or that he couldn't do when he was going to be drafted, uh, for him to come out the next, the following year and win the most valuable player award for the NFL uh, says a lot about him. It says a lot about uh, his team. And it says a lot about the most underrated coach in arguably all of sports in John Harbaugh. Harbaugh has done a great job as far as taking the talent that he has and doing the most with it. Uh, even with those great defenses that he had with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and some of those guys, he was still able to reinvent himself on offense, knowing that you have a weapon like Lamar Jackson, figure out how you, how you use him. Last year was kind of murky. Not sure what you were going to get from Lamar. Couldn't really throw it too far. This year, he completely set the world on fire. And uh, I remember the whole conversation, as I'm sure you and Jesse do, about the fact that he should have been a receiver. There were guys, NFL experts, Mel Kuyper and – uh, who's the other Todd McShay were coming out and saying this guy should be an NFL receiver. He has every tool as a receiver as a quarterback. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but for him to come out and win the most valuable player was a big middle finger to anybody that had to say anything uh, negative uh, about him. Well, yeah. And it's it, the NFL is one of the most stubborn leagues if not the most stubborn league. I mean, I think you could put right up there with the MLB trying to, oh, keep, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But but the NFL is like, this is how you play the game of football. Or this is how I run my offense. I don't care what pieces come into it. They are going to run this offense. And as you get some more forward-minded thinking individuals in the game of football or coaching, or there have just been a few that have broken that mold, John Harbaugh said, you know what? Sure, this guy is not a traditional quarterback. You're you're not going to turn this guy into a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning that sits there in the pocket and picks picks apart your defense before he even snaps the ball. However, if you build the offense around him, his intangibles make him one of the most dangerous weapons at the position in the league. And sure enough, you go out, you get Greg Roman, a guy who took Colin Kaepernick and turned him into an MVP caliber player at the position and got ran out of the league a couple years later when he didn't have him anymore. And you turn him into an MVP player and you get this team into the best team in the AFC because you have one of the best quarterbacks at the position because you did not force him into a mold. Being smart enough and as coach, you know, let us know, like, you know, how do you take a player and you, if you have a certain system and then you get a player in who's uh, maybe doesn't suit that system? Do you try your best to fit a square peg into a round hole or do you do what's best uh, for your team and for that player? I mean, at the end of the day, man, beyond positions, you need a player. Yes. That can make things happen. Like, like there's college coaches that have inquired about kids on my team. And I'll say, you know what, if you're looking for a kid, position kid from one to five, that's not the best way to describe this kid. But if you're looking for a hooper, a player, a game maker, a uh, game changer, uh, then that's this kid. And I think what Steph, I think what um, Steph Curry 
did to the NBA is what Lamar Jackson we are seeing mm. is doing now to the NFL. On and that's real talk. And you know when they said um, using your legs um, was a knock on a quarterback. This guy is changing the game. Like being a quarterback, the position is is. No, it's he's, he's absolutely changing. And if yeah. you look around, you know, and you look at some of the really good young quarterbacks, and that was kind of a big sticking point for me of this year, is Kyler Murray had an awesome year, you know, within his first year. Uh, maybe he didn't do everything that he wanted to, but still 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions in your first year, uh, oh, 3,700 yards. Man, great. Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Garoppolo, Wentz, Mahomes, obviously the 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 to me the the old head now of that pack is Russell Wilson but you still have a list a bevy of really good young quarterbacks in the league and so I'm thinking moving forward man this is going to be a great year we've seen we've yet to see back-to-back MVPs I'm waiting for the year and I think with Mahomes and uh, somebody you're guaranteed we're guaranteed at one time to see a back-to-back MVP with at least one of those guys well when you're looking at the at, at Lamar Jackson right you, you just get so enamored by oh man look at all that rushing he rushed for over 1200 yards he had seven touchdowns on the ground this guy is freaking amazing and you don't think about the fact that he actually was a good quarterback this year that he completed 66 percent of his passes Oh, he only had 3,100 yards this year. He had 3,100 yards this year because he he threw like about, I don't know, five, six, ten less passes a game than enter the quarterback. He was he he had a high efficiency um, for his attempts in the game. You, have, you look at a guy who had 36 touchdowns to six interceptions on the season, and honestly, three of those interceptions came in one game. Mm-hmm. So you only threw – I mean – you're looking at a guy who, in his second year, who was a guy who wasn't considered a quarterback, has excellent, excellent stats at the position, and everybody just wants to get enamored by the fact that he's a rusher. Like, that is just the plus. That is, well, I mean, honestly, that also helps him be a better quarterback at the position because you have to worry about what he's going to do with his legs. But it just goes to show that this this kid, he, he I'll liken him to Damian Lillard. This is a kid that... Last year he came in, he was really raw, right? Damian Rillard was pretty raw in his first year, but you saw things, right? And then next year he came in, you're like, oh, man, okay, I see what they're seeing in him. Mm-hmm. And I and you have a, a kid in Lamar Jackson who – and he is a kid, by the way. This, this, he's 21, 22. He's so young. Like, um, it, you're, you have a kid at, at the position who right now is hungry and angry. He's angry because of how many Slighted. teams – said you're not a quarterback you're a wide receiver at best and he's basically got a middle finger to show to 31 other teams in the league because he is a quarterback and he's done it already in the second league so it's like this is just the beginning of his rise right same thing with Patrick Mahomes I I agree between one of these two in fact both of these guys might actually break that barrier and do back-to-back MVPs because you're looking at two guys that have come in the league at the same time that are exponentially special, more special than some of the other guys around him. We have a chance to see what we saw with Brady and Manning with Mahomes. And uh, and it's early. It's early. But we have a good chance to see these two guys really face off against each other for maybe the next 10 years or so, you know, competing for for the AFC and competing for uh, a Super Bowl. So definitely looking forward to that. It was a great NFL season. But uh, now I'm fully ready to get all the way in uh, to basketball. So coming up next, man, all-star break approaches Man, we're going to get mid-season awards, man. Who's the MVP? Man, who will win? And, you know, who's going to take the title? We'll talk about that next right here on Sports Sunday in the Fan. 
weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 1018, we are breezing right through this. I told you, this is going to go quick. Like, you don't think about it, but... You know, as you see, we're sitting here talking and stuff like that. Like you look up, and all of a sudden, it's it's almost eleven o'clock. You know, did you did you think it'd go this fast, Coach? No, I mean it's, it's blown by real breezing, fast. breezing fast. Much like that, I I looked up, and it's we're already at the midpoint of the NBA season. Like that's that's incredible. Like I'm looking up, and I, I didn't even really realize that. You know, the Blazers have played uh, a little over fifty games for this year, so. Uh, here they go, or excuse me, they've played 54 so games from the season. So the season is done. It's done, which is weird. They call the All-Star break like the halfway point because yeah. it's not. like It seems like the All-Star game should be like in December yeah. or something like that, but, you know, I digress. And the NBA, they do good business, so I'm, just, I'm not going to assume they don't know what they're doing. But what I wanted to know is with what you've seen so far, there's been a lot of great players. In, in the league right now. There are some guys that are doing some uh, incredible things with the basketball uh, offensively and defense, defensively. My question to you guys is, who is the most valuable player in the league this year? For me, um, it's LeBron James. Like, uh, I think we we stopped giving that award to LeBron because I think, to be real, people got tired of seeing him win. You know, he'd won four times before he was 30. And so... I think people see that and they don't want to give this guy that, you know, that uh, that recognition of still being the best player in the league. Like we've never seen. Let's just go ahead and say this. We've never seen anything like LeBron. Like you can feel the way you want to feel about Kobe and I do and feel the way you want to feel about Jordan and all these things. But we've never seen a guy in year 16 that's still this good at every part of basketball defensively still as good as he's been offensively still a juggernaut averaging like what is it 11 10 assists 10.8 assists in a game that's leading the nba right now so here's a man at six foot eight at 34 35 years old is leading the league in assist a top 15 score still averaging what is it 7.7 rebounds a game 1.3 steals a game LeBron James is as close to perfect a basketball player as you can get. And for that reason alone, the Lakers are back in prominence for a long time after being in the basement, which I know your franchise is not used to being like one of the right. one being at the, the very bottom of the Western Conference. Now you're in a spot to where you went from not being in the playoffs last year before the after the LeBron injury to knocking on the door of possibly having a 60-win season this year. And it's easy for me to literally stump for LeBron James, right? He plays for the Lakers. He's playing at a high level. They're at the top of the Western Conference standings. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm going to give it to Giannis. Okay. I, I mean, Giannis is averaging 30 points a game. He's, what, 13.5 rebounds a game. And they beat the Lakers. Yes, they and did. And they have the best record in the NBA. 45 so, and 7 right now. Yeah, so at the end of the day, you got to give it to Giannis, right? He's the best player on the best team with the best record, and he has comparable statistics, albeit it's not in assists, but it's in rebounds, right? No, yeah. And what Giannis is doing is 
like the point differential, they're winning by like 12, 13 points. Like they're, they're, <laughs> they're blowing teams out of the water for the most part. Like these games that they're winning, they're not close. You know, they're not, every now and then, of course, you'll find a, a, a close game. But when they beat the Lakers, they beat them by, you know, handily. So they beat them by like seven or eight. Uh, when they when they beat the good teams, they don't just beat them. They beat Houston 117, 111. Um, they beat, let's see, who was that? Who's another one? They beat Toronto 115, 105. Toronto is one of the best teams, best defensive teams in all the league. You know, they've beaten the the Oklahoma City by, well, that was by two, but they've beaten, they've beaten all the teams that are worth anything. They dominated the 76ers. They dominated. The 76ers are supposed to be that team that's supposed right. to push them right. to the limits. Right. They dominated the 76ers, right. and they, they make it not even look close. Like Giannis's work ethic and the fact that in six years this man has gained 55 pounds of muscle, yeah. pure man yeah. muscle, lets you know what type of dude he is. And really that, that type of, you know, and I hate to say it, that Mamba mentality because he knows, like, I've got to be, I, for to do this, I've got to be the best. He's even started shooting threes this year and knocking them down you know, at certain Lakers points. for the three-point line. That's, hey, man, that like, Giannis is, is, he's easily emerged as, I, I believe, the best player, overall player in the league. Um, however, I just I just look at what I look at the fact that being real, Giannis is in the East still, so we can say what we want to. No, but you know, as much as there is a 76ers and a Boston team, man, there's also the the Magic, and there's also the Knicks, and also some other teams that aren't worth you know anything you know in the Eastern Conference. So there's easy to run through those teams, but in the West, you've got to get all the way to the 11th spot, the the 10th spot to start seeing the teams that. That are, you, that are trash. Yeah, but you take LeBron's stats, then you take Giannis' stats, and you, you try and compare them, it's a wash. So then the bigger litmus test is what, right? Well, how do they fare going head to head? Giannis has won so far. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if you're going to make a decision on who's more MVP worthy, you're going to have to give that to Giannis. Okay. Unless you want to root for LeBron just on sentimental, the fact that he's 35 years old and he's doing something that no – 35-year-old typically is doing at this stage of their career. I get that. But at the end of the day, if you just look at it from raw stats, in-game performance, going head-to-head, similar stat categories, and then you got to vote, you got to go with Giannis. You have to give him a slight lead, even though I think Milwaukee's not going to be doing what they're doing on the Yeah, so head-to-head, do you think think Milwaukee would beat the Lakers uh, for a championship? Absolutely not. It would beat the Clippers. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, well, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think while they have a, a talented team, um, at the end of the day, if, to get in the, to win the playoffs, you have to be able to shoot. Right. And not to say that uh, Milwaukee can't shoot because I believe they have a, a, actually a pretty good three point percentage for their team. But when it comes down to it, in the playoffs, you're playing the best of the best. Yeah, you don't get a chance to scrape by with that bottom of the West or East team. You're playing one of the best teams. In basketball, you're not going to get as many open jumpers. You're not going to get as many open drives to the basket. We saw uh, the way, uh, not was it Toronto? No, we saw the way the 76ers were able to really put a body on Giannis and make it hard for him last year in the conference final. No, with, excuse me, that was Milwaukee. No, that was uh, Milwaukee and Toronto in the in the finals in the uh, playoffs last year. But Toronto was able to surround him with bodies every single time you go to drive to the rim. You're going to run into another body. We're going to make you shoot jumpers, and that wasn't what Giannis was able to do, and I think they lost that series in six 
or something like that. So, yeah, if he can figure out a way to really hit that yeah. jumper consistently, I think Milwaukee has a great chance. But LeBron's a better shooter than Giannis. And if you leave it up to that, like who's going to make more jumpers in the playoffs, I'm give, putting my money on LeBron before I'd give it to Giannis. But uh, Giannis is the most physically imposing player I've, I've seen since Shaq. Like to be able to do what he's doing to anybody that's guarding him, like playing his Shaq is the only other person I can think of that is really bodying not LeBron people in like his. Prime. I mean, because LeBron was, I mean, even in his prime, LeBron was wasn't really backing people down like that. He knew that was a point that a thing that he could do, especially like towards the end of the Miami run. He started backing people down. Man, Giannis knows right now you can't guard me. Give me the ball, and my arms are so long. I'm taking three dribbles backwards, and then I'm jamming with one hand behind my back and like. There's not a lot of guys that can do that. It's really, it's bully ball. It's like what Shaq used to do. And LeBron, as much as he can bully people, that's not all of his game. Right. And I think Giannis is okay with, nah, bro, get out the way or get dunked on. And I'm LeBron's all good with that. LeBron's more magic than. Oh, absolutely. Than, and that's fine because we, right. we keep saying that. Like, people say LeBron's more magic than Jordan. We keep forgetting magic is like one of the most offensively gifted players the NBA has ever had. And you know what I'm saying? Six foot nine. I mean, call me a homer. I just, I'm perplexed why magic's never in that conversation as the GOAT. Because uh, we think of basketball, we think of scoring, right? We think of putting the ball in the basket, but we don't think of total scoring, which is Impact, crazy to me because right? Magic is a dude that averaged 20 and then turned around and averaged like 13 assists or 12 assists. So you mean it's a 12, that's anywhere from 24 to let's say those assists were to three-point shooters. So you're talking about maybe 40 points, you know what I'm saying, in shots. And, and as a rookie, lest we forget, Creams out with a rolled ankle. Magic steps in and plays the center position. Game six against the 76ers, 1979. What does he do? Like 42 points. Yes, yeah, he kills from the center position. 27 rebounds, 15 assists. Like just did what was needed as a 19-year-old winning the NBA championship. And it's How easy. is he not considered one of the GOATs? It's, it's, I mean, I think he's considered <laughs> one of the GOATs. I think we live in a very like what have you done for me lately type of thing. And then, you know, Magic was the flavor of the month for the 80s. Jordan was the flavor of month for the 90s and, you know, into the 90s. Kobe from the late the late 90s until late 2000s, you know, and then now it's LeBron's turn. And then it was Steph's turn. And we just kind of we tend to forget about these guys that came before you, even though right. we remember, like, no, nah, this dude was that guy. Like, yeah. Magic Johnson, make no mistake about it, man. Magic Johnson was as close to perfect a basketball player as you could get. Wasn't the best defender, but everything else that you can name, he absolutely had. And, yes, you're right. Magic often gets forgot about as we're talking about uh, the best ever. So I'm excited to see the rest of the year. Uh, so quick, real quick, who wins the NBA championship before we go to break? Lakers. Lakers. Jesse, who wins the NBA championship before we go to break? Clippers. Clippers. Uh, I'm going with um, the Rockets. No, I'm Get not. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm probably going to go ahead and say uh, the Lakers as well, but it wouldn't shock me if the Clippers were able to walk away with it. Okay. Uh, coming up next, hate it or love it as we do every day or every Sunday at 1030. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ah, uh, that music. That music bed means my favorite time of the Sunday. It is hated or love it. 
Uh, Coach Knox, this is how it works. So Jesse's going to ask us a question. He's going to read off uh, a scenario that he came up with, and he's going to ask us a question. We have to love it or hate it. Tell him we love it or hate it, and then just give a few reasons why. If you get a correct answer, or if you like, if Jesse likes what you're saying, he'll give you a sound that sounds like that. Uh, when it's about time, time is running out, you'll hear classic Mario Brothers sound. So, uh, Jesse, go ahead and get us started, bro. All right. Uh, well, you know, we'll, we're moving out of football season and uh, moving more into probably a uh, basketball feel on the show since, you know, we do have the Portland Trailblazers here in town. And, Woo. you know, the Oregon Ducks, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say were the only Pac-12 team that was ranked inside the top 20 by Imagine um, next week. That will change. Might not even be a top 25 team after a two-game skid. Love or hate? Ducks basketball will not finish the season in the top 25 and will need to win the Pac-12 tourney in order to make the big dance. See, and you would make the first question a college basketball question. What are we, center? What are we, center and saint? Like, what? What? What do you want from me? It's, uh, it's news. Well, we're not in football. There is not a single football question in the lover. Yeah, today. that's that's true. That's true. Well, um, I am going to first find <laughs> Oregon's schedule. Uh, which I cannot Please yet. Pay no attention and while yet we two, stall for yeah, time. Yeah, I'm stalling for time. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say um, love uh, the Ducks. Still have Peyton Pritchard still on the team, right? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, because they have Peyton Pritchard and because he went to West Lynn, like, I don't know, man. Like, it, honestly, I don't pay attention to any college basketball until we get to at least March. I could care less about early February college basketball. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to love it because I love the Ducks. I love uh, Dana Altman. I love Peyton Pritchard. So, yeah. You, you think that they're, they're going to have to I think my love, for them, my love for the Ducks is enough for me to say love. This could, could be unprecedented that there's not a point given in a round. No, I'm yeah. Saying, I'm just saying this could I'll, be unprecedented. I'll, I'll be honest. I You threw a, a monkey wrench in there because I was not expecting an Oregon Ducks basketball question. Well, it's, it's kind of a big deal right now because, you know, the, once again, the Oregon Ducks, the only Pac-12 team that was ranked in the top 20, you know, this was, this was a team that was in the well, top number five. One, number one, we talked about this before. The Pac-12 basketball is not great right now. The Pac-12 has been trash for a couple years. You know, even traditional schools like Arizona and some other ones haven't been as good as historically as, they, as they've historically been. So Oregon has been really the one shining shining spot of the Pac-12 for the past little bit. Last year they made the great, uh, was it last year or the year before they made the great Elite Eight run? Was that the year prior? Oh, it was, uh, yeah, two years ago. That was two years ago. But since then, they really haven't been able to kind of get this, a lot of that same magic. You lose somebody like Bo Bowl, who bought a whole lot of, you know, eyes to Oregon this year. But this year, honestly, and this is somebody who's in-state. I still don't really know a whole lot about this Oregon team uh, outside of the, you know, the the usual suspects. And one of that is the Peyton Pritchard. So, hey, they uh, got I guess beat I'll by love the it. Beavers last night. There so, you go. So, they got beat by the Beavers last night. So go Tinkle. And I'm a, I'm a OSU alum, so I love that they got beat. Um, <laughs> you know, as a former basketball player for Ralph Miller, so I love that they got beat. I don't, albeit they they got a couple players down right now, but I I do still think they'll finish in the top 25. I don't think they have to win the Pac-12. I think they'll get into the tournament, and I don't think they're gonna make as deep a run this year as they did last year. But you know. I like that they're struggling. Do I get a buzz for that? <laughs> I get a buzz for that. <laughs> no, but I'll, I'll tell you what, you already got 
a lead on yeah, that. Yeah, he's Rashad got he's got Taylor, a pretty he- hefty lead right now. So we'll move on. Hopefully, this isn't a ACC basketball question next. Year. All right, moving on. No, no, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll move on to the NBA now. The next two will be NBA level questions, and maybe uh, Rashad can do something. Fingers crossed. You know. All right. Uh, come on, Bill. You're you're embarrassing us here. Um, all right. Portland Trailblazers, you know, there's obviously one bright spot this season. It's that Damian Lillard continues to get better. He continues to prove and has gone from a guy who could be an all-star to a guy who is an all-star to a guy who, you know, makes a a all-NBA team, but he hasn't been on the all-NBA team and is in the first NBA, you know, first team all-NBA. Love or hate, at the end of the season, Damian Lillard will be on the first team All NBA list. Uh, well, he has indeed made first team All NBA the year before last. Uh, Dame was the, for the first time ever first team All uh, NBA. But this year, considering the the rate he's playing at, considering what he's been able to do, uh, I think it'd be really tough to put somebody as far as stats. Uh, all over him. I mean, considering right now Dame is averaging about eight assists, he's averaging a little over 20, 29 points, close to 30 points. He's having an incredible stretch of games right now and possibly making his, getting his team to the playoffs. I think he gets this team to the playoffs. I think Damian Lillard will absolutely be first team uh, all NBA. Now, I mind you, uh, you look at the numbers that Trey Young is putting up in there phenomenal as a second year guard. Uh, you look at what Luka Doncic has been able to do, which is also phenomenal. But if you're looking at overall player for what they're able to do and the, the stat line that they bring, man, Damian Lillard is easily the best point guard in the league right now. And I think him being first team all NBA will be a nice little, con- uh, I guess, kind of consolation prize if they don't make the playoffs. I, I love it. Steph Curry's out. Um, Kyrie Irving's played just half the season. And Trey Young's team sucks. And Damian Litter for, you know, love it or hate it. I mean, they're they're fighting for a playoff spot. Yes, He's playing are. at a super high level. I, I, I think it's more than possible that he's a first-team All-NBA guy. And the media's jumped on. Oh, they know. He's put they, everybody they, on notice, yes. Absolutely. They've jumped on to the Damian Lillard train. All right. Moving on. Talk Am to I up? I think you might be winning right now. Uh, we're tied. We're tied. Really? We're tied. Okay. Tied. Ooh. Ooh, Here we go. Got a tie. Got a tie. Here we go. All right. All right. We talked a little bit about Golden State today. I talked a little bit about Golden State today, I guess. Uh, which kind of relates to this question is, you know, they embraced the suck this year. They just embraced it. I like it. Embrace the suck. I yes, like it. Embrace the suck. So next year, they don't have to suck. Love or hate. Next season, 2020, 2021 season, the Golden State Warriors will be a top three seed in the West. Love. Um, number one. Uh, make no mistake about it, Stephen Curry is still one of the top five premier players in all of the NBA, and especially at a guy that's under six foot three. Lance Steph is still one of the biggest faces and brightest stars in the entire league. Clay Thompson is still uh, arguably the second greatest shooter that we've ever seen in, in the NBA. They're that form, that everything. It's Ray Allen esque in the, what he's able to do with that uh, with the ball, especially on the defensive end. Is the where Clay Thompson is under is really not talked about enough, but he is one of the. He's arguably the, not even arguably. As a two guard, as a guard, he is the best defender in the league, not named Jimmy Butler. That's uh, that for, for anybody. 
everybody in the NBA. So you bring those two guys back, you pair them with an Andrew Wiggins, who doesn't have to be the second best player on the team anymore. It doesn't have to be the first best player on the team anymore. It can be really comfortable in that third seat, which Kevin Durant was not comfortable in at times, and which other guys were not all the way comfortable. It was D'Angelo Russell for sure wasn't going to be comfortable in being the third spot. Andrew Wiggins can come in and bring you some length, some athleticism that Coach Knox talked about a little bit earlier, and he's uh, he's able to knock down a few extra shots. Man, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors should be the top three seeds next year, followed by the the Blazers, the Rockets, you know, Memphis and the and Utah and everybody. Else. Man, I hate it. Period. I, I I don't see it. They, you know, I mean, they're older. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, like what Charles Barkley said about Draymond Green, he's averaging triple, triple singles. singles. Triple singles. You know, so. You know, I think Draymond Green's getting exposed. They don't they don't have the depth that they used to have. I like a revitalized Wiggins, but I still don't think that's enough. He doesn't have any championship or playoff true playoff experience. Um, and I think Steph Curry is older. I think he's going to be one of the top players in the league, but I think overall the group what made the Warriors awesome was that they were not just a collection of some of the top-tier talent, but they were the top team in the league. Yeah. And I don't think they have that kind of depth anymore. So I see them somewhere between four and five. Yeah. The good thing about them is they do get, they will have more than likely two uh, draft picks. Maybe one of one of them for sure will be within the lottery. That's another way to get the picked up. And then they still have Steve Kerr, who was one of the best coaches uh, in all of basketball. So I think the Warriors should, they should be uh, right there considering everybody that they got coming back. Clay, Steph, and Draymond won 73 games. We got to remember, 79, yeah, 73 games. We got to remember that. Like, those three without KD won 73 games. All right, Jesse, what we got, bro? All right. Uh, comfort behind victory by one Rashad Woo, Taylor. Wow. Man, I needed that, man. Yeah, I, couldn't, I, have that. I couldn't lose on the home court, <laughs> coach. What you mean? Wait, what was the score? What you mean? Uh, uh, let's see. I can, I can tally it up and let you guys know. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, coming up next, uh, sports on the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 the fan. Glorious. I love the song and shout out to Bobby Roode for giving me the inspiration to, to keep going. Um, this is our last uh, segment of the show. I just want to take, make sure I take time to say thank you to my guy, uh, Mr. Eric Knox for coming in. He is Thanks. the executive director from Holla mentors. Now tell me a little bit about Holla, man. Tell me what is, what is that? And like, how did you kind of get involved with that? Well, I started it. Uh, six and a half years ago at Alder Elementary because that was the highest need, poorest school in the whole state. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of concentration of black and brown kids there without any rep- black and brown representation at the adult level providing mentorship. So I went there because I know how important it is for a black kid to have a relationship with a black adult that represents their experience, can speak to it. Um, so we started Hala as a culturally responsive mentoring organization that would find black and brown adults and working professionals that would step in the lives of black and brown kids and really support them, walk with them, uh, and help them think about their future and re- resource that future. 
And so Holla is that organization that is, you know, neatly fitted here in the city that's really trying to support black and brown kids on a different level. So how much of your experience being a, a former um, player at the, at the really at the highest level in, in college, and, yeah. and I believe you played, you know, professionally moving forward and stuff like that after You know, college? when I tried out the Blazers in 89 was the last and final cut. That was the year that they lost to the Pistons mm-hmm. and uh, just fell in love with working with youth uh, and made a career shift overnight. Now, do you think your your experience as a as a ball player and as somebody that's been so uh, really enthralled with with basketball, do you think that's really kind of helped as far as uh, building relationships with these students and with those families that you're trying to help? Man, being a coach is important because kids love sports; they love to hoop, and that has been sort of that intersection relationally that's allowed me to, you know, really speak into their lives, build relationships with their family, and help them take that next step. So one thing about you is on top of being a, a great coach, you've kind of established yourself as the the, the suit guy, you know, low-key. So yeah. uh, I noticed that before your games, you usually rock a pretty colorful, funky suit, you know, before each game. The one that you just saw me, that just showed me, that I actually saw uh, a couple weeks ago was your orange Nipsey Hussle uh, kind of themed sw- uh, suit. Kind of tell me a little bit about the suits and kind of where that comes from. You know, when we were on our state championship run, uh, you know, in in the African-American community here in Portland, um, like anything that's successful, black, the beautiful piece of our community is that the black community rides hard for it. Indeed. And so they was riding hard for our girls' basketball. They wanted to see us win a state championship back. And our girls did too, but they had never been there. Uh, And so they didn't know what that looked or felt like. And we were brailing our way through it. And so I knew there was a lot of community pressure on the kids on top of the pressure that they just naturally put on themselves to try and get there. So I wanted to take that pressure off of them. So when we got to the child center, which where the state championship was being held at, I bought this crazy money suit. All right. That was the, the green first, one. The green no, money I remember suit. that. Yeah. So I put it in a garment bag, took it to the child center. I let them go in and change it in their uniform for the, for the, for the game so they could take the court. And I went into a bathroom, changed it in my money suit. And then I came in for the chalk talk and they went bananas, start taking pictures start putting it on Instagram, and I became a viral hit with that suit. But the point of the suit was was twofold. Number one, the money suit represented, I had these girls since the sixth grade, and they have been working their butt off, and I told them that all that effort would pay off. So the money represented, it's time to go out there and get get paid. paid. Time to get paid. I love it. All right? The second part of the suit was is that I wanted to take all the attention off of them. I knew once I walked in the arena, all eyes would be on that suit and not them so that they could be freed up to go out there and ball. The other piece was is that I'm going to go out there and be myself and be different from all these other coaches. And I, I wanted our girls to say, there's nobody out there that's going to take the court that looks like you. So go out there and do you. And they went out there and did them. And so when they played, it became I normalized the game in the moment. So that they could just go out and hoop and not get so focused on the magnitude of the moment, which is trying to win a state championship. So you go out there and you win a state championship in a, in a great looking suit. Now that you're a state championship coach, and that's the title that you can have for the rest of your days is state championship coach. What's the biggest door that kind of opened for you after you win that state championship? Like, what's the what's the one cool thing that kind of happened for you that maybe didn't happen before you got the win? I become a couple of things. Number one, I become an authority on basketball. Up until that point, 
you know, I hadn't won a state championship. So people kind of listen to you, but now they really listen to you. Now you got you all the it. answers. Now you, you got, got the, all the you answers. You got the answers, Sway. Exactly. So you get a little bit of leverage there. The other piece, after we won a state championship game, uh, when the Ducks, the girls' basketball team, got to the Elite Eight and they played Mississippi State, we got Skybox. Like, we, we got somebody let us go into their Skybox by ourselves, food, drinks, everything. My kids walked in like, can we have this? How much does this cost? I said... This is all us. So we 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 watched the game. We ate. We partied. We had a great time. It was one of the coolest things that I got to experience with my girls. What's the and last thing I, I guess I'll ask you, like uh, being a, a women's coach, you know, coaching uh, young ladies, especially coaching them to uh, the next level. Like uh, what's the biggest thing that you've learned over the past few years in coaching? You know, there's just a difference between coaching boys. I did nine years with boys, and I've done seven years with girls. One of the interesting things I've learned in my own experience, and somebody could possibly refute this, but what I've seen as a coach is boys hoop to feel good. Girls got to feel good to hoop. You know what I mean? So a lot of the kids that I, that I step in in their lives, some of them are fatherly and some of them are fathering. And I realize how important emotions are to the girls' game of basketball and being able to connect with them, make sure that they're feeling good before they take the court. And so that's one of the big things because dudes, it ain't about how they feel. They just go out there and hoop, and then afterwards, if they had a good game, man, they feel phenomenal. And so I've had to pay attention to that as a mentor, getting these girls prepared to take the court every night. I'm sure you've gotten a lot of all, uh, asks to come back and coach boys, especially after becoming a state championship man, coach. I, man, I get a lot of offers to coach boys. I get a lot of offers to coach well-resourced girls programs outside the city every year. But I feel bad to if I would ever jump because I feel like, you know, I got my master's degree. I'm a dissertation away from getting my doctorate. Um I got a rich experience as a black man who grew up in South Central L.A., and I would feel bad not giving that away to black kids. That's great. So I'm always going to give it away to black kids, even if we don't have the resources. Well, I'll tell you this, Coach. Your, your presence and uh, people like you in these neighborhoods are incredibly important. Uh, I appreciate you just because, like, again, somebody who's known you for a little bit and know people that you've known from uh, that are good friends of mine that knew you when they were in seventh and eighth grade that say nothing but – uh, the best things uh, about you. And, um, man, I, I absolutely appreciate your presence here in North and Northeast Portland because, again, people like you are incredibly uh, necessary. Again, you can get it, uh, Eric, at e, at EJ Knox uh, on Twitter. Um, again, he's executive director of Holla Mentors, coach, head coach of the girls' state championship Texters. Is it Texters now? It is the Texters. Texters, yeah. yeah. It's not tech men because and don't they are, call it lady Texters. Yeah, yeah, just, lady call te it te yeah, just call just it they, Texters. They are the Texters. So, man, yeah. again, Coach Knox, man, thank you so much for, uh, for coming out, man. Lynch will be back uh, with us next week as he's kind of uh, doing some stuff at the house, probably watching some, uh, catching up with some XFL football. And so, uh, Jesse, what, what kind of plans do you have for the night? Oh, man, it's Sunday. So I, I tend to try to rest and relax a little bit. Probably try to throw on a little bit of xfl it was entertaining it it's a little sloppy uh but i'm, I'm curious to see how bad the uniforms are on the are on these teams as i well. was gonna it's say really you bad. don't have to stay here in the studio and do any any more football there's, there's none of that anymore today there's there's no baseball there's no basketball like it's it's a weird day on sunday here on the fan where we don't have anything other than the show yeah that's that's super crazy you got any big plans for the day coach knox you know what my wife's taking a Zumba training class today, so she's gone all day. I think I'm gonna be under the covers 
just watching sports. I feel Chilling. you. I feel you. Drinking margaritas. I still have some cleaning Ooh. to do, so I'll probably uh, probably drink some margaritas sans the actual margarita mix and just uh, tequila and, and salt and lime. I'll probably pop a couple stouts. I made a, I made my own brew. It popped in a couple weeks ago. It's Gluten-free? Gluten-free. You got to save me some of that, man. So, uh, again, man, thank you so much, Coach Eric Knox, for joining us today. Again, you can get at him at EJ Knox on Twitter, at Jesse Osmond, at Rashad Taylor, or at, no, at TaylorMade503. That's me, Rashad Taylor. So uh, thank you guys so much for interacting with us on the Better You Today text line 55305. And um, we'll see you next week for Rashad, for Jesse, Coach Knox. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.